Good morning. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to go to Luke 2, Luke 2, beginning with verse 21. Luke 2, beginning with verse 21. I invite you to bow your heads as we have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day as we have gathered together. God, as we prepare to open your word this morning, we invite your Holy Spirit to just continue to move, to stir, as Jeff said this morning, to give us a new perspective on what's going on in our lives and in, in the world. God, we celebrate that you are on the throne, that you are indeed king. And so, Lord, help us to just rest with that confident assurance that you are good and faithful and you are watching over and you've got the whole world in your hands. And so, Lord, as we ponder your word again this morning, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hussein Bolt is a Jamaican runner, and some claim that he is the fastest man on the planet. He has earned eight gold medals uh, at three Olympic Games. He's won, earned another 14 medals at uh, other World Championship Games. Uh, today, Usain Bolt, also known as Lightning Bolt, he still holds three world records in the 100 meter, the 200 meter, and the four by 100 meter relay race. This guy's fast. He is really fast. On August 24th, 2010, some of the world's fastest athletes were gathered in South Korea. They were sprinters from all over the world, and uh, on that day, it was the championship finals, and Usain Bolt and the other world's fastest runners were uh, in the blocks, if you will. And they were getting ready for the final event, the 100-meter dash sprint. And Usain Bolt was the runaway favorite of the race that day. And as the guy was getting ready to uh, start the race, he put the gun up and said, take your mark, bang, bang. And nobody wants to hear a double bang in a foot race because it means someone jumped too soon. And if you jump too soon, you're disqualified. And after the bang, the gun banged twice, Usain Bolt quietly walked over to the side of the track, picked up his bag, and quietly entered into the stadium to go take a shower. It was over. On that day, the world's fastest man didn't even compete because he jump-started. He went too fast before the gun set off. And I think about in our own lives, sometimes the fastest way we can go where God wants us to go is to wait. 
wait for his perfect timing. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I have a difficult time waiting. Today we're concluding a sermon series, and it's all about how when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit guides and leads us. And several weeks ago, we began our series together talking about when we are plugged into the Holy Spirit. He helps us know what we need to know. He helps us say what we need to say. And last weekend, we talked about how he helps us go where he wants us to go. And today, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit guides us in waiting when we need to wait in his perfect timing. And I understand this is not always the most popular sermon topic that we want to talk about, but I think it's a necessary and important topic. Luke 2, beginning with verse 21, we're going to look at a great story today about a man who waited. And when he waited, the Holy Spirit showed up and gave Simeon a new perspective on life. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated or offered to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what it is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout He was waiting for the consolation or the rescue of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what is the custom of the law required. Now I want to pause uh, there for just a moment and point out the obvious, the obedience of... See, if we want to experience the Holy Spirit, to have a divine encounter with God, we have to be obedient to God. Let me put it to you another way. If we want to be plugged in with the Holy Spirit, we need to be plugged into God's Word, and we need to be obedient to God's Word. It is impossible to experience the Holy Spirit aside from obedience to God's Word. And Mary and Joseph were doing what was prescribed according to God's Word, to bring the child to the temple. Mary and Joseph were obedient. And Mary and Joseph weren't just obedient, but Simeon was obedient because there he was waiting in the temple to experience the Messiah. So I want to say it one more time, folks. If we want to experience and be plugged into the Holy Spirit, we must be obedient to God's word in our lives. 
when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required. Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Now it took me about three minutes to read this story this morning. But keep in mind, Simeon had been waiting his entire life for this event to happen. In fact, Simeon wasn't just waiting his entire life. The Israelites had been waiting for 400 years from the time Malachi was written until the coming of Jesus. It's the 400 years. It's called the 400 years of divine silence. Isn't that a great term? Divine silence, that's what happens when the kids are outside running around, right? (laughs) After Thanksgiving, divine silence. 400 years. And it's not as if God went on a road trip or God was busy or God was taking a, a, a Thanksgiving afternoon nap. It's not like God was not busy and active. God was fully engaged and working in the lives of God's people, but he was doing it in a very quiet way. And it's known as those 400 years of divine silence because the, no prophet had risen to either write about what God was saying and nobody had risen up, no prophet had come to speak for God and the people were waiting and waiting and waiting. <coughs> and there was Simeon waiting his entire life. And as they're waiting, the God's people, the Israelites, I can about imagine how they were responding. Some people just gave up on God. Well, God's silent. I don't hear God anymore, so God must not care about me. And many of God's people walked away from God. And there was another group of people in the midst of the silence. They said, well, if God's not talking, then we're going to rise up and we're going to do it ourselves. And they became militant in their faith in God. Then there was a third group of people, and they were people who just patiently waited They prayed and they watched and they faithfully went to the temple day after day, year after year. And I can about imagine Simeon losing patience after some time. I would imagine there were days that Simeon is thinking to himself, why do I keep coming to the temple? Day after day after day. I can imagine there were weeks where Simeon lost his faith and thought, God, you are so silent. Where are you? And I can imagine there were years where Simeon was thinking to himself and maybe even spoke it out loud. God, are you ever coming back? And he was waiting and waiting and waiting. But at some point in time, God planted a seed in Simeon's spirit 
and said, Simeon, before you die, you will see and experience the Messiah. And Simeon waited and waited and waited. Day after day, year after year. And I would imagine there are some of you who are here this morning who are thinking about your own waiting. Once upon a time, God placed a dream in your heart and you're waiting. Once upon a time, God placed an aspiration and you're still waiting. Once upon a time, something happened in your life And you felt that seed in your life of God saying, I will be with you and I will get you through this. And you're still waiting and you're wondering, God, I'm still in the thick of this. When are you going to show up? I think all of us are waiting and we've been waiting for something. I think one of the reasons why we struggle today with waiting is because the world continues to move faster and faster in so many different ways. We Google so much, right, when we're looking for information. If we're hungry, we just throw it in the microwave, and about two minutes later, it's ready. We talk to people on our cell phones instantaneously. My wife has a sister who lives in Kenya, in East Africa. In any moment in time, we can text her instantly and communicate with her. We live in a world that's just moving faster and faster and faster. And we have expectations that things are going to move faster and faster and faster. And some of us, we got really excited when Amazon Prime came out, right? And we could have the stuff at our door in two days. We thought that was pretty neat. But here we are a few later, and some of us are thinking, that's not fast enough. Now I want it in an hour. And Amazon said, okay. And I can about imagine in a few years down the road, an hour is going to seem like forever. And Amazon is going to offer 10-minute shipping. Right? It's going to happen, folks. You know it's going to happen. And then one minute shipping. And then we're all going to have these 3D printers in our home, right? And we're just going to push a button and boom, there it is. We think this is science fiction, but I think it's coming. I really do. I think some of our young people are going to experience this. Maybe we will too. I don't know. But we live in this world where everything is moving so fast. Everything is moving at the speed of light. And we expect things to move at the speed of light. But God created the world with many, many things at the speed of a seed. And I want to remind you that it still takes 20 years once you plant an acorn in, a, in the ground to grow into an oak tree. Back when God was creating in the world, the Garden of Eden, how long did it take for an acorn to become an oak tree? 20 years. How long does it take today? 20 years. Some things don't speed up. This is the kingdom of God and how God works. Now, if you are pregnant here today, it still takes nine months. For that baby to grow. And you want it to take nine months, right? You don't want to speed up that time of that child growing inside. That's how God made it. It's supposed to take nine months. But we live in a world 
where we want everything instantly. You know, in a few weeks, we're going to read another part of Luke 2, the Christmas story. As we read through the Christmas story, there's this one little detail where after Jesus is born, an angel shows up uh, to the shepherds out in the fields. And we read in Luke 2, it says, And suddenly an angel appeared before the shepherds. Suddenly Christmas is here! Wow! Except for suddenly Christmas wasn't here because they were waiting for 400 years. We skip over that part of the story. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Christmas didn't come like that. It took a long, long time as people were waiting. So we live in this tension. The kingdom of God who created life to happen at the speed of a seed and we're running around at the speed of light. We live in this tension, folks. And so we're waiting and wondering, God, when are you going to show up? I need help now. This past week, I listened to a podcast uh, interview uh, of uh, one of the uh, co-founders of uh, Airbnb, Joe Gebbia. And uh, Joe's 37 years old today. And uh, Joe, he has a net worth of about $4 billion dollars. And on this podcast interview, uh, Joe was reflecting on uh, 10 years ago when Airbnb first started out. 27 years old, he and a buddy, semi-employed, and he was reflecting on this podcast interview on how their dream almost didn't happen of Airbnb. Think about it. It's a pretty crazy idea. Think if someone had come to you 10 years ago said, hey, I've got a great business plan to make a lot of money. It's very simple. Complete strangers are going to come live in your home. How many of you would have signed up for that business investment? No way. That's crazy. And for 18 months, Joe Gebbia and his business partner wandered around to business investor after business investor, capital person after capital person said, who wants to sign up and join us on this great journey? Nobody for 18 months, nobody invested a dime in Airbnb. And so then Joe begins to kind of reflect a little bit on why this was and kind of how they got through those 18 months. He said, it's, you know, really remarkable that we didn't just give up. Those of you who are in business, Know that there's actually a term for this. It's called the trough of sorrow. And the trough of sorrow in the business world simply means the market wasn't ready for it yet. It's that time when you got a really great idea, something really exciting, you pitch it to the world, and the world says, yeah, I don't get it. I'm not buying it. I'm not investing in it. And for 18 months, Joe Gebbia went through this trough of sorrow of waiting and pitching his idea over and over and over, and the market wasn't ready for it. I think we live in a world, you live, I live in a world where we experience this trough of sorrow. The world doesn't understand 
you don't even understand what you're, why you're waiting so long, right? And we wait and wait and wait. And God's timing hasn't quite showed up yet. And so this morning, I want to close just real quickly. I want to give you three ways for how do we navigate through the trough of sorrow, this time of waiting when the Holy Spirit comes to us and guides and directs us. Well, number one, we've already hit on it. It's Mary and Joseph. It's obedience. As you move through the trough of sorrow, that period of waiting in your life, be obedient to God's word. That's how we get through this time of waiting, whatever it might be in your life. We might have a few college students here today or or young people and you're thinking to yourself, am I ever going to get through school? Ever, ever, ever? Do people not realize how difficult, how hard, how impossible this schooling is? Am I ever going to get through it? Keep going. Keep going. The second way we get through the trough of sorrow is like Simeon, keep showing up. Keep going to class. Keep doing your schoolwork. Keep doing what you need to keep doing. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. In AA, they say it like this, one day at a time, right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on today. And number three, look back and be reminded of God's faithfulness. Look back over your life and be reminded how God is taking care of you. Because when we are waiting and we're not sure if God's going to show up or when God's going to show up in our lives, we can just look back and it gives us some really good clarity, like Jeff said this morning. It gives us that new perspective Many of you know that uh, a few weeks ago I turned 50, and uh, one of the ways that I commemorated 50 uh, was I got out a yellow notepad and I wrote down, um, just started writing names down, names of people who have really been um, influential in my life over the past 50 years. Now, I didn't love turning 50. I'm going to be real honest with you. But I am also aware that not everybody lives to be 50 years old. I know people who have not lived to be 50 years old, and you do too. And so when we, I just felt like I needed to look back, spend some time looking back over those people who came into my life and walked alongside me and were just a blessing to me in life. And I got this a, a, a notebook paper filled with names of people throughout my life. And they just, they, God just does these divine appointments where God just put these people in my life and encouraged me and helped me along at just the right moment. It's great. And, and, and so as I was creating this list, I thought, you know what? This isn't enough. I need to take the next step. And so for the past few weeks, two weeks, I've been writing letters to these people. I've just been saying thank you. I've written two letters so far. I haven't gotten very far. <laughs> but I'm giving myself a year, right? I'm giving myself 52 weeks to just write letters to people. And just say thank you. 
but I'm also not writing just, you know, kind of pithy little letters, but I'm also, you know, kind of trying to, as, as much detail as I can, share with them the ways in which they truly impacted my life and, and just saying thank you. Thank you for being part of God's divine appointment in my life. You need to know that you made a difference in my life. And if you want to do something really practical, something really tangible, get out a piece of paper and start writing down some names of people who have been influential in your life. And write them a letter. I've got to tell you, it's really helped me to just be more grateful. Not even when I'm not writing the letter, but just on my outlook on life. Every day when I get up, it's just, man, I'm just, I'm blessed. I'm, I'm grateful. So how do we get through these seasons of waiting? We look back and we acknowledge the ways in which God has been good and faithful in our lives. And I know some of you guys are waiting. You're waiting on some pretty big stuff. Some of you are waiting on, you've got some career stuff, you've got some job stuff, and you're just like, oh my goodness, is this ever going to end? Some of you are dealing with some health issues, some health struggles, and you're just like, my goodness, this just goes on and on and on. When is it ever going to end? Some of you have got some relationship issues that are broken, and, and, and you're just like, man, Lord, I need help. It just goes on and on and on, and I am tired of waiting. And Simeon says, welcome to the club. Keep showing up. Keep being obedient to God's word. And when you do, the Holy Spirit will guide you in his timing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this faithful man, Simeon. We thank you for Mary and Joseph, the ways in which they were obedient to your word, to your law. We thank you, God, for this community gathered this morning. Lord, each one of us is waiting. And Lord, some of us have been waiting a long, long time. And we are weary and worn out. But God, we believe your promises are good, that you are faithful, and that your Holy Spirit will guide us through day by day, moment by moment. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.